This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Monday, April 20th, 60 summonses and two arrests were made as police broke up a rap video filming in Brooklyn over the weekend. We'll have more on that. And Governor Andrew Cuomo says this is no time to get cocky, even though stats on COVID-19 are improving. And another story out of Brooklyn, a man was shot dead at a gas station on Sunday. That happened in East New York. And some national news, Neiman Marcus is preparing to file for bankruptcy as soon as this week. We're going to have more on that. Hello, everybody. I'm Alex Mitchell. This is AM Rush. We're going to start off today with that rap video story in Brooklyn. Over the weekend, police busted up what was described as a heavily attended rap video on a Brooklyn street in Canarsie. And that happened in front of a barber shop at 8707 Avenue L. This was about 8.20 at night on Saturday after the police received reports of a large gathering. Now, when police responded to the rap video, there were 60 summons issued and the police also made two related gun arrests. When police saw how big the crowd was, they sent in nearly 100 police officers that surrounded the barbershop and began searching for those that got the summonses. Now, in that area of Canarsie, it is being reported that more than 900 people have died of coronavirus. And and this kind of peeves me personally, because if you look at what so many entertainers are doing, is that they're finding a way to still record content remotely. There, there's this one band, Goldfinger, that is putting together music videos where everyone is in their home studios performing a different piece to something. So you could still go about doing a video. You could still go about creating rap content, but you can do it safely. Uh, Besides the fact that there were even gun arrests, that's a whole nother issue. But just as far as bringing in people, you could still do that. You can just do it remotely. You can do it digitally. And it shows how many people are coming through. And, And there's some cool video effects you can do with that. So... I guess if anyone else is planning on doing a rap video, get creative with it, but be safe and social distance. Speaking of why it's very important to social distance, Governor Cuomo reported that there are decreasing numbers in both hospitalizations and death from coronavirus, but he once again issued a warning that this progress can still be overturned. Now, within the state of New York, overnight, Saturday into Sunday, there were 507 deaths, which has dropped from a recent figure of 806 deaths in a 24-hour period. That happened two weeks ago. Now, Governor Cuomo did say the recent news is good and admitted that we're on the other side of the plateau of figures, but still advises that we're not out of the woods yet. And an upsetting story coming out of Brooklyn A 33-year-old man was shot to death in broad daylight Sunday morning on a busy Brooklyn street near a gas station in East New York. Now, the man has not been identified by police yet. He was shot in both the arm and in the chest and was pronounced dead 30 minutes after arriving to Brookdale University Medical Center. Now, this shooting happened just before 9 a.m. next to a BP gas station on the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue and Linden Boulevard in East New York. 
a 9mm handgun was left near the victim and was believed to have been used by the victim to shoot at his attacker. Police also found several rounds nearby. The NYPD also says that the suspects escaped in a white Mercedes-Benz SUV north on Pennsylvania Avenue. And that shooting is still under investigation. Department store Neiman Marcus is preparing to seek bankruptcy protection as soon as this week, becoming what is the first major U.S. department store operator that has been succumbed by the economic fallout because of coronavirus. Now, the Dallas-based company has been left with few options after the pandemic when it was forced to shut all 43 of its Neiman Marcus locations and roughly two dozen last call stores and its two Bergdorf Goodman stores in New York. Neiman Marcus is in the final stages of negotiating a loan with its creditors totaling hundreds of millions of dollars, which would sustain some of its operations during the bankruptcy proceedings. And they've also furloughed many of what's estimated to be 14,000 employees. Now, last week in some sports news, the PGA Tour announced that it was planned to resume by June 8th, and the U.S. Open for tennis is still being planned to happen in August. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel coming, and our sports editor at AM New York Metro, Joe Pantorno, and I discussed a way to bring back baseball. And this went on our AM Rush Sports podcast, but I want you all to hear it too. This is our theories on how to bring back baseball. Now, this is a story you and I both worked on. You you took the lead on this about the, you know, it's kind of like we're doing like a Marvel comic book what if scenario with everything. Um, on the front of baseball, if baseball is to have a condensed season, I want to get your thoughts talking more about the theories that you put forward. And again, Joe, myself, and the editor-in-chief of AM New York Metro put down our, our theory, what do you want to call it, our theories or um, our, our beliefs on how baseball should return if it's going to come back for this season. And we're going to have a link to that story in this. So, Joe, tell me, what do you think would be the best approach on bringing Major League Baseball back? Right, yeah, this is a pretty fun story to work on uh, just because, obviously, you, me, and, and Rob, we, we love baseball you know, as much as we do. So uh, given that we're all passionate about the game, we were able to get some pretty different ideas out there. And really there's no wrong answer with this, which I think is what makes this debate so entertaining. Um, in terms of my vantage point, at least, um, I don't want to call myself a baseball purist. Um, but I'm, I'm something close to it. So really, I think that a condensed season of this caliber, say if opening day comes mid-June or even early July, is that neutral sites will be available uh, in two cities, um, two states, excuse me, uh, one in Arizona and one in Florida, which are the main sites for Major League Baseball spring training. Um, they have obviously indoor ballparks um, for climate-controlled settings, I guess, if needed, but also uh, the subsequent spring training facilities where multiple games per day can be hosted. So what my plan is is that you take the 15 National League teams 
and you put them in Arizona, and you take the 15 American League teams and you put them in Florida, and basically they only play each other. There's no winter league play, so it's something close to a throwback here, you know, uh, pre-1997, um, where really the only time the National League plays the American League is in the World Series. Uh, but before we get to that, really, um, so say, for example, here we'll, we'll use the Yankees as an example, because uh, I, don't, I don't want people thinking that I'm biased to just talk about the Mets here. Um, say, you know, the Yankees, they are sent to Florida, and there's 14 other teams in the American League. So they would play each American League team six times. So that comprises an 84-game regular season, which would really take up about three months of play. So if you're starting the season in, say, June or July, that means the end of the regular season is coming in, coming in October or November, which really isn't that far off Major League Baseball's normal timeline. Usually the World Series ends late October, and in some rare cases, you know, the first day of November. Um, and, and with that... Um, the top five teams in each league, obviously playing in isolation in both of these states, uh, the top five teams make the playoffs, and then it's the normal uh, playoff format. Your wild card game, your best of five divisional series, and the best of seven championship series and World Series. Uh, but for the World Series, at least I would think that it should be in a further central location um, and I know our editor-in-chief, Rob, also mentioned this. This would give um, Arlington an opportunity to show off its brand-new stadium at Globe Life mm-hmm. Park. Uh, and then if all goes well, the end of the baseball season comes in you know, December, and because you're playing your, your playoff games late in the year, uh, you know, in the winter, playing them in Arizona and Florida and Texas, it really won't be affected by the weather. So, uh, you know, that's that's one hopeful possible avenue that baseball could take, though. I'm not sure if it would ever really happen. Uh, And I, you know, I want to hear yours first and then, you know, we can we can talk about, I guess, uh, all the problems that come with it. But, uh, yeah, that's really it. So I I like what you're saying. I think you raise a a pretty legitimate way to, to go about it, a way that's sizable, digestible, making the best of a crazy situation. And what I focused on when I talked about my end was more on how to do a postseason because something else, as my dad will say 20 times over and over again, is that they used to play doubleheaders all the time. They can just keep playing doubleheaders and doubleheaders, which which is true. And I don't think too many people would object to watching two ball games a day, especially after being so deprived for months what I talked about in mind or what I focused on is if there are going to be two neutral sites, one for the National League out west and one for the American League in Florida, it almost feels like it's the World Cup in a way where you're, you're in one area, all the teams come together, and it's almost like a, a lengthy tournament even though it may not be so in, in that the fact that it's a few months, but it almost has like a a World Cup feel to it, and and I'm going somewhere with this in that why not do one month of round-robin play? If you can integrate the league somehow, that'd be fun. If not, it's not the end of the world, but maybe someone flies out or maybe 
you do interleague in Texas and the World Series in Texas. And both teams meet in the middle for that. And you get a third market involved, even if, sadly, fans won't likely be able to to attend. Or, you know, something else that's funny that just dawned on me now is that the Minnesota Vikings' new stadium flips for baseball. And it has the, um, it has the right field bump on it, too, which is right. interesting. Um, and that's completely climate-controlled, and that could be a, a viable option for northern teams and minnesota is once again in a dome that that might be a, a bit of irony they've, they've been trying to get out of it but focusing on the playoff format i thought it would be a fun opportunity to really go at it and the league to take some chances this year and for me i don't know how you feel about this but for me a few years back when there were the game 162s that was the most exciting time of baseball I've seen in the past few years. I am a one-game playoff junkie. I just I, I think it's such a great way to start the playoffs. It, the, the games just have, like, the feel, the energy, one and done. It, it feels like the World Series before the World Series in a way. Just you have to bring all your stuff tonight. So I thought that a modified version of that may be a fun way to do things. So July and August, you do regular season play. And then September, kind of like what I was saying about the World Cup, you would just play within your division, which is kind of like the group stage. And then at the end of September, all the teams ranked within their divisions. The numbers one and two have a doubleheader playoff to win the division. And if that doubleheader gets split, they play a third game the next day. I thought that that would be awesome. Everything's been thrown by the wayside. You might as well have some fun with this and, and maybe give Yankees fans another Bucky Dent moment. I, I think that that is such a cool way to go about it. And if it doesn't work, th- this season's a fluke anyway. You might as well go crazy with it. You might as well get a few teams that would have been on the cusp and probably not made the playoffs. At least you're getting their fans reinvigorated to be excited about something. And honestly, in those situations, you know, there, there was the Mike Piazza home run after September 11th. I think that this season is going to have a new version of the Mike Piazza moment where someone is going to hit a walk-off or something phenomenal is going to happen that's just going to give us all that that hope again. Like, we just, we have baseball back. Life is back. It's not so bad. Th- things are okay. So I, I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but from there, when you have the division winners, the two best losers of that divisional playoff would just go to the wild card game. And then you have the normal playoffs. You have your division winners and you have two wild card teams per league. And I think that that might be a fun way to go about a helter skelter season. And yeah, I actually, I, I really like that, Alex. And, um, you know, you kind of touched on it where there, you know, baseball has an opportunity to have this iconic moment. And really, I think that's what Rob Manfred needs more than anything right now, just given how really entering the 2020 season, there's been a lot of people who have been down on baseball because whether it's pace reasons or rule changes or player personalities or whatever it might be, but people have been down on baseball. It's just the way it is, and they've been lagging behind the NBA and the NFL. Something like this where in your format where – 
all of a sudden, almost every game, especially late in a truncated season, has a World Series Game 7 feel to it. I think that would do wonders for invigorating the sport, much like Piazza's home run did in 2001, much like the home run race in 1998 between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire did uh, for the game when really it was struggling after the 1994 strike. So, again, that's I, I think it's a great idea just to kind of get the juices flowing again and, and suddenly baseball's on the forefront of the national conversation. So, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that too. One of the things you mentioned about reasons people are down on baseball, uh, you can't forget about the Houston Astros, and I will say, huh. whenever baseball is played in the Bronx again, it could be 10 years from now, they're not getting a free pass. Oh, yeah. We're not right. forgetting it's... about that. If Rangers fans still yell, Potvin sucks in Madison Square Garden, <laughs> no one is forgetting what the Houston Astros did. But the reason I'm bringing up the Astros is because in that doubleheader divisional playoff, my mind immediately goes to Oakland-Houston and the Athletics being able to finally overcome the Houston Astros in a best-of-three or a doubleheader sweep. And that's where I see getting fans involved in teams that maybe would make the wild card game but nothing more, and they get a shot at it now. Right, and then suddenly the, the minnows of baseball, these small market teams that really in late September and early October we find ourselves just naturally rooting for, whether it be the A's or the Rays or the Brewers, suddenly, I don't want to use the word shocking us, but, you know, pulling one out and, and winning one for the little guys. Exactly, and, and that's what this season really is. If they're going to do a season, and this goes for all sports, if you're going to go through with this, if you're going to follow through on a season, you have to, this is for the fans. And Joe, one more question before I let you go, and once again, thank you for coming on, and I can certainly tell our listening audience there's going to be plenty more of this to come in the future. A condensed season, or say in a doomsday scenario where the season doesn't end up happening, which, given recent statistics, it appears that we'll get a piece of it, fortunately. And just given the fact that other sports are willing to announce a probability of a return. But this had me thinking, what does this do for a guy like Brett Gardner? Yeah, see, that, that, that's a great question. I mean, you know, the, the one caveat of all this is even if there is no baseball play, service time is still going to be logged. Um, so obviously a veteran player like, like Gardner, that, you know, that's a year lost, obviously. Um, and that's a year of sitting home and doing nothing. And, you know, you're coming off a career season at the age of, uh, you know, 36, 37 years old. And all of a sudden you're going to come back onto the field. You're 38 or 39. And, um, you know, you, you're going to have a lot to prove. And really for, for a Yankees team that is, you know, stuck to the gills with younger talent that's ready to make a run, uh, it, it, it might be a tough sell um, for him to keep his place on the roster, especially when, again, say there's no baseball in 2021, yeah, everybody's healthy. John Carlos Stanton's healthy. Aaron Judge is healthy. Aaron Hicks is healthy. Who knows where Clint Frazier's going to be in this equation? Yeah. Uh, Mike Talkman, who knows what's uh, going to be the deal with him? So, you know, all of a sudden, really by necessity, Brett Gardner was slated to be the Yankees' opening day center fielder this year. Now, all of a sudden, he might be stepping into a situation where he's number four or five on the depth chart. So, 
really it's, it's, it's kind of a wait and see mentality, especially for a veteran like Gardner, who I, I don't want to use the word that he's trying to hang on because he's really having some of his best years as a pro now, but how long is that sustainable at his age? That obviously remains to be seen. And uh, that might be a gamble that the Yankees might not be so keen on taking at some point. I get what you mean there. And my question, do you think this might be it for Gardner? Do you think he may not even attempt to muster a new season in in next April? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I've kind of covered the Yankees from afar for a few years now. And, and really, as my time as a, a freelancer and a stringer while covering MLB games, I've gotten the chance to kind of get up close and personal with Brett. And I know Yankees fans who have been watching him for 11, 12 years now, they kind of know what to expect from Brett Gardner. Uh, this guy's a competitor. This guy's a gamer. He's tough as nails. He's grit embodied. I think you're going to have to drag him out of baseball kicking and screaming. So I don't think this is it for Brett Gardner. I remember after 2017 when the Yankees had the seven-game falter to the garbage can banging Houston Astros, to put it politely, they, I was wondering, wow, is that going to be it for Gardner? And he just kept going and going and going. Like you said, he is resilient, and I wouldn't doubt that they're going to have to drag him out of the dugout. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Joe, once again, thank you for virtually coming on. I can't wait until we can both do this in person and actually get back out there and and see some games. Next time on, I say we talk about how coronavirus has given the New York Islanders a free pass on what has been a bit of a colossal, colossal shutdown. I love that idea. And uh, Alex, I can't thank you enough for having me on. And I know this is, uh, this is pretty new, this podcast. So I, I just want to wish you the best of luck and can't wait to come on again. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. And remember, stay safe, wash your hands, and order takeout. Support local restaurants. Sounds, sounds good. I'll, I'll be keeping notes. Okay. Thanks, Joe. And that was AM Rush. We're going to have some fun surprises coming up in the next few days. I don't want to give it away, but keep listening to the show. Keep washing your hands, New York. Stay tough out there. We're going to get through this. That was AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. We can do this.